Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Hustle and Flows. I am your host, Marcus the Game Changer. I will be joined tonight by my man, Sekou. Uh Tonight, we're going to get into everything. Um, it's been a while since I've been on the air. So, uh, for all the uh, diehard RSG fans, you hear my voice. Um, probably a little foreign to you because I haven't been out here in a minute. It's been a busy basketball season, just wrapped up. So, now I have a little bit more free time. So I'm 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 back in the fold and, and getting connected again. I got my man Say Cool in the house. We're gonna hit you off with an episode of Hustle and Flows tonight. Um looks like, you know, I usually handle the producerial duties um uh, for the RSG crew and I'm looking at our board and it's there, man. I gotta get back on my grind and get these guys hooked up again with some sound. <laughs> get I'm on it, bro. Board, like, we don't got no intro. <laughs> we don't got no drop. Just start I, I can start beatboxing, you just start spitting the verse, bro. You know? <laughs> I'm looking, man, this board, man, man, take me back to the old days when we didn't have much looking in the cupboard and it's not a whole lot in <laughs> But we're going to rock it out anyway. Uh, again, we appreciate your patronage. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with us. Uh, RSG Hustle and Flows, me and my man Sekou. Sekou, man, it's been a minute since you and I have had the chance to hook up. Just what's been going on with you, man? Oh, man, uh, where to begin? Well... Let's see. I moved to Antarctica, and uh, now I'm playing. I'm still down here in Austin, Texas, uh, working, grinding, um, trying to raise, raise some crazy kids, um, having my 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 hopes regarding the Knicks uh, raised and then quickly dashed right around Christmas. So, you know, they always do me the favor of at least not keeping me, not stringing me along until uh, the new year. Um and that's it, man. And listening to a lot of music and um, watching a lot of uh, Wakanda memes on the internet. That's pretty much what I've been doing for the last month, I'd say. Yeah, we're going to dig into that, man. Black Panther, man, it's, it's a phenomenon. And we're going to talk about that. Um, you brought up the Knicks. And, oh, man, I feel bad for you. Like, <laughs> So you guys got... Porzingis, and he's the real deal. I think he's the real deal. I think he's a really good player. Um, it sucks that he, he he ruined his ACL. Now you guys got to figure out if you're going to tank or not. Um, really, the only option is to tank. Yeah, um, figure out. That's a done deal. What are yeah. we even talking about? <laughs> like, uh, but we're, we're starting. <laughs> but this is the next. <laughs> <laughs> it's a new day. When everybody else is digging. They zag, you know. It's it's a new day. Scott and Scott Perry we trust. Phil's out of here. He's uh you know, doing peyote in Montana somewhere. Now we got uh, a right. guy that actually understands modern basketball in there. And uh, you know, post all star break, they've pretty much been like, So all you young guards, let's see what you got. So Trey Burke, have at it. Moutier, go. <laughs> Nilakina. Yeah. Yeah. See what you got. And so we're going to lose a yeah. lot of games. That's fine. But at least we'll 
know what we got with these cats. So I, I actually believe the future might be brighter than uh, than the average Nick fan. And, and I agree with you. I, that was going to be kind of the end of my rainbow was that I actually think you guys are on a path and it looks like, like management has a plan, which, you know, y'all haven't been there in a while. Um, just like having a plan, like not even like the playoffs or anything like that, but just like we got something. Let's let's work. Yeah. Let's see this through. Let's work it out. Let's massage this out and see where it goes. So I will say you know, I will not, say this one thing. I will say this one thing that uh, it probably bothers me more than anything else I read or listen to, which is that you can't rebuild in New York because the fans are impatient and they don't understand, and it's really just. The complete opposite. If there is one place where you can say, like, look, here's the plan. We're going to start these young guys. We're going to see what we got. The Knicks fans eat that up. I mean, I look at war of guys in the G League on the Westchester Knicks. Like, I can eat up some, like, here's potential. Here's what he's doing better. I, I listen to, like, three Knicks podcasts that just talk about breaking down incremental improvements in uh, in the young guys. The city can get behind a young team that's not good, but at least heading in the right direction. So this, you can't rebuild the New York thing is, it's just, I don't know who started it. I don't know why people keep saying it. It's just not true. So anytime I hear that, I, I write an angry email and I fire it off to that media source immediately. <laughs> that's all I got. Rant, rant over. Sorry, I'm done. Uh <laughs> Sometimes you got to get those things off your chest, man. Um, so you said the Knicks kind of broke your heart around Christmas. Um, and then that takes us into the new year. Now, every year around the holidays, you usually drop your hip-hop year in review. And in true form, you did so again this year. You kind of yeah. twisted it a little bit and, and went with a, a football theme. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so it was um... – this was an interesting football year. I don't know uh, what your stance was on uh, on the Kaepernick. Uh, like, it's been so long since we've had a podcast. Like <laughs> these things that were dominating the, the narrative of just like happened since the last time we spoke. But in any case, I was getting all kinds of peer pressure from all kinds of folks about like you got to boycott the NFL. You know this. If we can't do this, you know we'll never have nice things. So I kind of just stopped watching, not with any real um, kind of uh, hopes of, of, of protest. I just was like, all right, I guess I can stop watching if it'll get people to stop yelling at me on, uh, on GroupMe. <laughs> and, uh, and in so doing that, I kind of, you know, missed, missed it. But, um, you know, the playoffs came back, and uh, I was like, all right, are we good? Like, so – all right, so we're in. So then I started watching again. And one of the themes from just reading and what have you of this year was just uh, quarterbacks just went down left and right, getting injured. Um, and um, and so there was a lot of focus just on an offensive line and, and how important it is to have a good offensive line. Otherwise, um, you know, your team doesn't have a shot. And so in going with that, I was I decided to utilize an offensive line theme uh, you know, and, and, and the basic premise was if, if I'm going to put together an offensive line made up of albums from, from 2017, who, who would be in which positions and why? <clears throat> and so that allowed me to kind of deep dive into football again. And I got to, you know, read. And for research purposes, I had to watch NFL. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, kind of wrote uh, it based on that. 
I dig it. I dig it. Now, I had no issues with the albums that you chose. Um, sure. But I do want to get your opinion on some albums that did make the list, but albums that I thought were really good. Um, respecting your taste and your ear, just what you thought of these albums. Two albums in particular that I really, really enjoyed in 2017. Um, the first one is Vince Staples' Big Fish. First, did you yeah. listen to it? Yeah. What do you yes. think? Um, so I, someone must have sent me something in November, like around the time. Now, I've been doing this now for like 14 years, so now I get people that are like, hey, before you start writing your thing, you need to listen to this, this, and this. And so someone sent me Vince Staples. And I've never really been into his music. I can't, I can't even give you a good reason. It just, I listen to it and I'm kind of like, mm, it's fine. It's not terrible. It's not great. Um, this album, I will say, I listened, I was able to listen to more than once. Normally once is, and I'm out. Um, and he's creative and he's smart. He's legit you know, trying to, um, he's trying hard to put together like a nice, um, you know, a, a, a nice body of work. I just, you know, at the end of the day, I was like, I would feel like a fraud because I didn't really like it, but I did, I do recognize that it is, it is good. I almost pulled it out and put it in for an, another album, but, uh, at the end of the day, there were no songs there that I was just like, oh, I love listening to this song. I can listen to this thing on repeat. I'm assuming you have some songs like that. And if you do, then I'm I'm all ears. But nothing on the album grabbed me the way the uh, songs on these on these other albums did. Yeah, no, I can dig that. I can dig that. Um, Vince, you know, this project was good. I've liked some of his other projects better um, mm. than this one in particular. Um, but I do I did enjoy this one um, as far as this year goes. And it's interesting that you that I think we all have those artists where it's kind of like you know I I, I get why people like them, um, I get why people enjoy like Tyler the Creator is that way for me, like yeah. I get why people like Tyler, I get it and his music is pretty good, but I just mm-hmm. don't want to listen to it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I can acknowledge that and 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 funny like one of the greats is I'm like that with Eminem, um, like mm. I don't own an Eminem album. Um, not a single one. I've heard them all ad nauseum, but I don't own a single one, and I don't have a desire to own a single one because I get it. Like he's dope. He's he's one of the he's a great. Like he's one of the best. But I just mm. don't want to listen to his music. <laughs> I mean, mm. like I can appreciate his skill and his ability, but I've just never like I love my mama. So you know, early Eminem just doesn't resonate. <laughs> like. <laughs> I that's see. what drive. That's what drove kind of like his whole steeds at the beginning, was like this anti kind of counterculture, uh, white boy angst kind of deal. And I just um, I I couldn't relate, but I rec I, I got it. Like I got it. Like dude's dope. Like he's tight. But I'm I'm just not I'm not in on that. Like that's cool. Like it comes on. And that's that was the other thing. It was so accessible. Like I just had mm-hmm. no desire to delve into it any more than it all. Like. I, every time I get into, you know, as a teenager, every time I got into somebody's car, you know, Eminem's yep. playing. You know, yeah. so it's just like, okay, you know. Yeah, like, we're coming up, right, we're coming up on shape. thirty. We're coming up on twenty years of uh, yeah of his debut album be next year, which is wild yep. to me. Um, I uh, I don't know what to say. I did not expect that. Um, I, I think there's a lot of people that don't like him just because they don't like him. So uh, right. so I get that. 
But as uh, so, let me ask you this: How do you feel about Royce? Royce the five nine, I enjoy. I actually enjoy Royce. Um, and like so, Royce is so bad meets evil. I wasn't really into. Um, I listened mm-hmm. to it like twice. And I was like, okay, this is cool. They're dope. Both of them are really good. Um, mm-hmm. I enjoy Royce's. Like Royce has one song that I always really love, and I had this like raw cut version of it on a tape. And then, like, it was a song, Let's Grow, um, that was oh, yeah. on, I think it was on, like, a sound bombing joint. But, yep. like, I got, like, a rough cut of it that was just Royce. It wasn't glossy. It was a little bit dirtier, under, more underground sound. His flow was a little bit less, like, precise on the track. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it just, like, it was just dope. And then, like, the sound bombing joint came out, and it was just super cleaned up and super mixed and, and glossy. And it was just kind of like, this isn't this is the same. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the the hook was super clean, and it's like, eh. <laughs> and so, but, like, I've always loved, I've always loved Royce um, going back to Boom and, and his work with Primo. And so Prime, um, and we're going to talk about this in a little bit when we talk about stuff that we're looking forward to in 2018, the last Prime yeah. joint I really enjoyed, um, and I okay. really enjoyed that from Royce. And I've enjoyed the Slaughterhouse joints. Um Yeah that Royce has been a part of. So I, I've, okay. I've enjoyed that stuff and I, I have a great appreciation for Royce. And like I said, I, I think Eminem is dope. I, I like, yeah. like he's a killer MC. I just, yeah. I don't know. His albums have just never really resonated with me. Um, but I don't think they're bad albums. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, yeah. I, I don't think they're bad albums. I don't think the music is necessarily bad. I just don't want to listen to it a whole lot. <laughs> not, not bad at all. It also doesn't age well. I, I got yeah. pulled out. Yeah. Um, uh, what was the second one? The uh, Eminem, not Eminem. It was it Marshall, Marshall Mathers? Mathers? Yeah, Marshall Mathers LP. Yeah. And uh, in the moment, I mean, you realize just how much of a pop star he was, right. because his stuff was was dope and it was wordy, but it was also super relevant. I mean, it was like um, he's picking, picking fights with Justin Bieber and NSYNC, and then, and then when you listen to it 15 years later, you're almost like, oh my, this is like. Hilarious! It's not like it's hard to take the album serious because it's got so much just uh, random early two thousands self important nonsense, right? That you realize now was just like a blip on the screen. So um, some of his stuff has not aged well, but the first album to me is just still um, it's still amazing. It's like it reminds me of watching South Park. And it's, it's something about where you are. <laughs> the first time I watched South Park and I realized, like, so there are cartoons that do this where they murder people and make terrible jokes and, you know, all this other stuff. And I was like, oh, you know what? I like this. And that's how it was first time listening to Eminem. I was like, oh, people can rap about doing, um, you know, hardcore prescription drugs and, right, you know, right. killing their like for real killing their baby's mother. It's like, that's uh I didn't think that was possible, but you know what? It's not bad. And I'm assuming he's not serious. So fine. I'm I'm in. So that, that was a lot of, uh, of my introduction. So I think where I was in my life had a lot to do with me kind of being like, all right, I'm open to this. Whereas if Eminem had come out three or four years earlier, I probably would have been like, no, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
So yeah, that's and I, I can see how Vince can fall into that. Um, yeah, I, I but I enjoy Vince a lot. I enjoy his work. Um, another one that I wanted to kind of pick your brain on was Big Crits, um, Forever in a Day, um, or I'm sorry, Forever is a mighty long time. Um, yeah, which I really really dug, um, and like Crit has always been just like he's been one of my like now favorites. Um, his last couple of projects, I've kind of been like, eh. but his, his first couple of mixtapes, um, it just, I mean, we're on constant repeat. Um, yeah, I just like, yeah. Yeah. That he, was, uh, a double, that was like a double, I see, it's hard saying double CD when I haven't bought a CD right. in like a decade, but <laughs> it was like right. a, double, a, a double, what do they call it now? Double feature? I don't know. I, I guess a double project. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Two back-to-back mixtapes. Uh, right. Yeah, so I did not really listen to this all the way through. I've listened to some of it through, like, um, playlists, and there's been one or two here, and I was like, oh, that's good. And then I think I – actually, now I'm looking at it. I did, I pulled this up, and I was like, this is two CD. I'm not getting through this. It's not going to happen. So uh, I have not really listened to it. Is it a strong – are you staking your reputation on this being like an above an above average, a far above average crit performance? I wouldn't say it's far above average. I would say it's very solid. And for me, it was a good return to what I thought – a sound that I thought he had gotten away from, which I thought was a sound that was unique to him. Um, mm. And he kind of came back to it, which is like a funky um, – 70s vibe. It's like a 70s vibe, funky, with mixed with some UGK, mixed with some some trap type of mm-hmm. uh, sonic vibe to it, um, with some some outcast, goody mob type of content and and, and uh, lyrical thought process um, that I enjoyed. That kind of harkened back. I'm a Dungeon Family uh, neophyte for sure, um, and mm-hmm. so like that harkened me back to some of those golden age dungeon family records that came out in the early two thousands, late nineties. Um, and his music kind of was a, uh, a echo of that. And this kind of got back to that. And he had kind of gotten away from that on his last two projects. It just wasn't funky. Like there just was no sort of a, a, a soul or, or bounce to him. Um, just too mechanical too yeah, too, too, too clean, too washed. And he kind of got back to that on this one, and and so that's what I enjoyed was that like seeing it's kind of like you know seeing a, a superhero that that you follow kind of go astray and, and kind of even though it may not be his best performance, he kind of gets back to his roots a little bit. Um, so so, so is this say, better would, or worse than Catalactica? Is it better or worse uh, than Catalactica? Much, much better. Much better. Much, much better. Okay. Opinion. Okay. Yeah. Much better. I wasn't a fan of Catalactica. I wasn't a fan of it. Oh. Um, when you talk about, like, not wanting to hear that more than once, um, that was me with that one. Like, as a big Chris fan, I was like, ah. <laughs> okay. Nah. I'll have to listen to this again. All right. You know, it, it, it's, even, it's, even, it's even worse when it's an artist that you enjoy because you're like, ah, oh, dog, don't fall off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, know, you got to root for the guy, and you're like, oh, you're going to fall off, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to happen. Ebbs and flows. Ebbs and flows. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, 
All right, I'm going to listen to that. I'm traveling are... tomorrow. I'm going to I'm going to this is going to be on my traveling list. Uh for I, I sure the the crit. I think you'll enjoy it. All right. Yeah, I, I think you'll enjoy it. I don't know if it'll be in your top, but I think you'll dig it. Um he has some, he has a couple of songs on there where I'm just kind of like, ah. like it, it's kind of like the and I I it's again, it's a pet peeve of mine personally. I just don't want to hear rappers rap about how hard it is to be rappers. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? like, I, yeah, I get it. The industry is the industry, and you have to do stuff that you may not want to do creatively. I get that. Yeah, I, I know. I know. I'm an adult. I get it. It's, like we it's all hard to tell that. Work. Yeah, it's hard to tell that story in a new way. The problem is that yeah. that story is as old as probably Big Crit is, and so I was like, if you're gonna right. tell that story, you need right. to be telling me some part of this industry. Or some part of the way this game is set up that I was unaware of before. But if you just tell me like, right. yo, this it's hard to get a deal, yeah. money's funny, yeah, contracts like, give me fall a metaphor. through. Give me give me give me some sort of metaphor <laughs> where you're like I'm be like, Oh man, he's talking about the record industry. He's not talking about you know, whatever he was talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but don't just come straight forward at me like, Man, it's hard being a rapper. Okay, yeah, I dig it, man. It's hard being everything. <laughs> I'm a grown up, man. I got you know what I mean? We all got problems, man. Every profession is a little bit, you know, stuff you, you yeah, nobody gets totally do what they want to do. You know please direct all of, all you, you aspiring rappers out there, please direct all of your ire. Not to me. I did not say that. I think being a rapper is tremendously hard. Please direct it to Mark. That's, that's all him. That's his take. Because <laughs> I, I see already I people say, like, I, oh, I oh, it's easy, too. huh? Oh, you don't want to hear that oh, anymore. Okay. Hey, listen, come come work with some of these kids this high school I'm at. <laughs> then holla at me. <laughs> I ain't trying to hear none of that. There's a lot worse gigs you could have, bro. True indeed. True indeed. I, I, I'm, I'm not dying on that hill. I'm with you. You got it. <laughs> so, yeah, man, yeah. So, speaking of which, you know, um, Black Panther has come out uh, the Black Marvel's Black Panther has come out and completely just taken over the conversation um, amongst Black folks on social media for the last week and a half, two weeks or so. Um, you can't go anywhere without somebody posting a, a Wakanda pic, um, Wakanda a Black Panther forever. pic, forever, forever. So Ever. you know, I'm a comic book geek. Um, to my core, uh, particularly with Marvel. Now, Black Panther isn't a isn't a book I read a ton of. I'm more of an X Men. Um, you know, in the late '90s, mid '90s, mm-hmm. I kind of got hipped onto, you know, Marvel and, and the comic book scene through the Saturday morning X Men comic uh, cartoons, mm-hmm. um, and that kind of got me intrigued because there was the whole like, man, you are kind of like black folks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. people don't like them. You know, you got one that's kind of like he wants to integrate and be peaceful, and then you got one, Magneto, who's kind of like, ah, F that, we superior. Yep. Let's, let's, let's do what we got to do. You know, and so yep. that kind of re- that, that kind of type of story resonated with me at the time. And so I kind of really dug into the comics and got deep into it and kind of really kind of versed myself in it. Um, and so, you know, I know a lot about, you know, Black Panther peripherally, through his uh, comic book relationship with Storm, who is the key figure yes. in the X Men comics, um, yes. And so, but I'm not deep. Like I don't, I, I, I don't have a lot of Black Panther books 
in my collection. I have a pretty solid collection of stuff. Um, so this movie, I was excited about just the movie in general when it came, when before any visuals or anything like that had dropped. I was kind of excited about the concept of a Black Panther movie since the uh, Avengers Civil War flick that came out um, last year. Yeah. Um, but I didn't. I, I I had no idea. I had no idea how how honestly how dope. Um, and a shout to Ryan Coogler, um, and, and the whole team that put that movie together. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, it was a whole different level. Um, and with the movie, the hype built, and so as much a part of the movie was the experience of going to see the movie. And so, like, how did you take in the movie itself? Like, did you go to, like, any, like, all-black showings or any private showings or anything like that? <laughs> so, uh, so I've already seen it twice. I don't know how many times you've seen it. How many times have you seen it I've seen, seen it, it twice. I will see it three times. I'm going to see it third. Yeah. I got one more. I got to do 3D. I haven't done 3D yet. Um, right. And, yes. and my, my seven-year-old son just told me today, he's in. So I was like, okay, it's got, you know, like it's got some scary stuff in it. Like he was a little skittish on the original Star Wars, like A New Hope. Like when Darth Vader starts choking a dude out, he's like, uh, dad, I don't think I want to watch this anymore. I was like, uh, are you prepared for like straight up murder? <laughs> because that's what right. you're going to see. He's right. like, no, I think I'm ready. So we're going again. Okay. Um, okay. I was, so I had all kind of plans to do this. So here in Austin, there is um, uh, a friend of mine who um, put together this like double feature uh, Black Panther movie plus Black Panther, the uh, cartoon that's not even out in the United States yet. So he like somehow got a copy of this thing from Europe and got and was able to show it in an Alamo down here. And so it was like, two odd things, so I was like, man, wow. I'm just straight going out on this. Now, of course, this was, you know, two months ago. We, I, I have my tickets, I'm in. Uh, and then I had a work trip pop up. So uh, then I was out of town scrambling. Like, So me and my wife were, were, were out. She came with me. And so we ended up buying tickets just at um, an Alamo where we were. Because I, like, I at least got to go opening night. So we went on Friday night. And I had, you know, a Black Panther shirt I bought three weeks pre- prior online because I had to, you know, be different. I did not go in the traditional African garb just because uh, yeah, a lot of reasons. We don't have to get into it. I didn't do it. I love for everyone that did. I was like, I kind of wear T-shirts to movies, so I'm a T-shirt guy, so I'm just going to roll with that. Um, okay. But uh, it was it was amazing to to sit in this movie and see the folks come out. And there was a buzz. I mean, I, I can't remember the last time being in a movie and 30 minutes before it, the place is buzzing. <laughs> like, people are excited, taking pictures. They're, you know, people who don't know each other are just talking nervously. It was it was wild. Um, and I, uh, my wife is not a big movie uh, Marvel kind. Like, she doesn't really know the story, hasn't seen a single other uh, Marvel Universe movie. So she had mm, 10 or so questions that she really need answered during the movie. Uh, so I almost divorced her on the spot, but we made it through. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I was like, if you could talk to me one more time during this movie, it's going to be a wrap. But um, yeah, I, I kind of was just like, I didn't watch any previous. I didn't listen to any news or buzz about it. I wanted to go in as, 
clear. I do this with albums too. Like I don't want to know half the songs on an album when I hear it for the first time. I just want to go and clean. So I kind of did that. Um, and so I wasn't home and wasn't in my hometown. I was kind of on foreign soil, which is why I had to see it again. Um, but it was just like you said, it was, it had high, I had high expectations. I was, lo- I was nervous at how high my own expectations were. I was like, oh, this, this movie's going to have to disappoint me. Like I'm way too amped. And it eclipsed them, which is it really incredible. It's like LeBron's first game in the NBA. Like the hype is so crazy. You're like, well, there's no way he can eclipse it. And then he comes out and you're like, no, he eclipsed it. <laughs> like he was right, everything right. we thought it would be. Like Cam Newton's first game, right, in the, in the NFL. It was like, yeah. did he just do that? And it's like, yep, okay. Yeah. So that that yeah. was my, my takeaway from the actual watching experience. Yeah, so I I had my watching experience was um so I we there were a couple of uh private showings um by some folks who rented out theaters here in the Madison area. Um and they were billed as like this is a black only space. So like <laughs> we want to have a black only space with just black uh-huh. folks um coming together. Um because in Wisconsin, you know, it's just hard for us to have our own spaces and enjoy some things that are for us. Mm-hmm. Um, with each other. Um, and so there were a couple of different folks um, who were influential in the community who rented out theaters, um, set mm-hmm. things up. And so, you know, it was, it was, it was the same type of situation. Everybody's decked out and something with some kente on it. You know, I had yep. on a little something, my wife had on a little something, you know, so yep. we, we, we go out and it's, it's just, it was just, uh, it was a, it was a, a celebratory vibe. Like, yeah. We made it. We don't know what we made it to, but we felt like we made it. <laughs> I mean, you're high fiving people, and you're giving like people the nod and the point, and you know what I'm saying. You 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 pound, you you dapping up people that you don't even yeah. know, but y'all y'all about yeah. to have this experience together, and it was just a really unifying feeling, man. And you know, so then you go into the theater, and you know, beforehand, I had prepped my wife, like so we got our tickets months in advance as well. Um, mm-hmm. and so I had prepped my wife. I was like, listen, when we go to this, I know like you don't know a whole lot about it. She, I mean, she hasn't seen very many Marvel movies either. Um, mm-hmm. And she is not into Marvel comics at all. She didn't mm-hmm. even know like the story. So I was like, <laughs> you know, like a couple weeks out, I was like, all right, I'm going to give you a quick primer. And you got to remember this. <laughs> Cause when the movie starts, I ain't answering no questions. <laughs> I was like, I am not answering no questions. Um, so, you know, we went over everything. I kind of told her the background story, Dora Milaje, all this other stuff. Like, so this is kind of like what we're going to see, right? Explain what mm-hmm. kind of, what vibranium is and all this kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. so, you know, when we got there, it was just crazy because there were so many people who were like, you know, I don't even know what this movie is about, actually. But I'm here <laughs> I'm to be with my here. people. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, it's like the Super you know, Bowl. When the movie got, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but once the movie got started, um, to be in a theater full of black folks, watching this movie, um, and I've seen it twice. So I saw it once with my wife. We went out, had a date night, made a date night of it. We went out and saw it with, you know, in a black-only space. And then the next day I went and saw it in just a regular theater with my children, with my 12-year-old, my 11-year-old, and my 9-year-old. Um, and the just contrast between how much of this movie was for us in a way that only we are going to get it. You know what I mean? Yep. And there's so many little shout-outs to blackness in this movie 
that when you watch it in a white only or not in a white only, but in a, in a mixed in, with mixed company, mm-hmm. and you don't get the same reactions and yep. the stuff that they not react, and you're kind of looking around like anybody get that? And nope. the night before you went and saw it with in a black only space, and everybody's <laughs> like with. Hey, Auntie, and everybody's yeah. crying. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like, don't sneak up on me, colonizer. What are you doing? You know, yeah. little stuff like yeah. that. Where, or even how to, how to, how to, uh, and I call them the bros. How did uh-huh. Mari come in barking? It's like, is, that, is he a kill? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they're acting real cute-ish right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> and just all those little subtle nods to the culture that are in there that you realize like white folks don't even get this. Like y'all ain't even, y'all are really not understanding what just happened. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's eye opening and it's also, uh, it, it makes you appreciate it in a, in a, in a way that, you know, you just like, I, uh, I saw a meme, obviously the memes became a thing, but the, the most uh, relevant meme I saw was like, you know, coming out of Black Panther, you ask yourself, is this how white folks feel watching every other movie? <laughs> <laughs> like, this, this is what 300, like, this is what uh, Braveheart validated. You know, like, I get it now. I get it. I get why y'all were like, will literally lose your mind after coming out of Braveheart. Now I see. Right. <laughs> right. Yes. And it's just like, okay, I understand. Um, but yeah, and, and when you talk about just the movie itself and the expectations that, so I saw some of the trailers and then I cooled on once I got a vibe of like, wow, this is going to be something like, like, cause that was my thing. Like how you going to make this, this, this come to life Yeah, in a way that is both like authentic to the story, but also it means something larger. Um, mm-hmm. and so that was, that was well done by everybody who was involved as far as creating the visuals and making this whole thing like jump out at you. Cause it was just a beautifully um, shot movie um, mm-hmm. just from a movie, just as a general movie, it was wonderfully executed. Um, and then when you get into all the themes and um, the underlying uh, conflicts and the battles within it, it's just, it's just like, it just speaks to your experience as an African-American in ways that no, not very many other, I won't say no, not very many other movies, particularly in this genre, have ever <laughs> spoken to yeah. our experience. So, uh, so let me, let me, let's, let's address the, the elephant in the room. <clears throat> you have, I mean, how many think piece slash Facebook posts did you read about how, this movie actually is bad in that it depicts African-American males, like Killmonger's uh, uh, character is this, and it's problematic here, and it's problematic there. I mean, every movie has problems. But, I mean, there were just right. some straight-up takedown think pieces that people must have shared a gajillion times right after. <clears throat> And so what what was your I have my own thing but I I'm curious what how did you consume all of that So I read a couple um right afterwards cuz that that that's a part of the experience I think it's kind of looking to see like okay what so what, what, how are people responding to this how is the uh the intellectual mafia out there uh taking this in um and so 
you know, I, I took you, I, I read a couple pieces on it. Uh, you know, it seemed like there was a, uh, a conti- uh, like a, a flow. Like, so the first couple of pieces were just like, this is amazing. This is awesome. This is a great movie. And then there's always the counter vibe to that. Backlash. Right. Because mm-hmm. I, I want to, but it's also, I get it. You're a writer. You want people to click. So you can't just go and, and love the movie too. Cause I already mm-hmm. read one that said that, that, that said that they love the movie. I don't want to hear why you love the movie. I get it. You love the movie. I loved it too. So then there was the wave of, of counter, uh, the backlash. And this isn't a good movie this, that and the other. And so then I, I read a couple of those and I'm like, okay, I began to like, think about, okay, so, what are they saying and how are they breaking this down and and where is the writer coming from um and is there analysis what 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 perspectives what biases what assumptions is there analysis of the movie rooted in cuz that's that's how it always goes is you know the writer comes in with their own perspective their perspective informs how they then view what happened um and so that's kind of how I took it in um as I began to kind of ruminate and think on it myself, um, yeah. while I, I understand that critique uh, of the movie, and I don't know if we want to go that deep into it, but, like, yeah, there, there, so, like, Killmonger as a character, right? Because I think mm-hmm. he was the most kind of controversial and, and, and like, polarizing, like, uh, character within the movie because he was kind of, portrayed as a villain mm-hmm. but he wasn't a villain mm. and i think he was positioned as a villain and i you know i had a facebook i had a facebook post and my you know i called it my kill minor theory which was mm-hmm. basically if you fight their hero you will be their villain you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. regardless mm-hmm. of what your actual cause is um and that was like my takeaway from Killmonger's character was that I don't know if he was necessarily the villain. He just fought the hero. He, I mean, he just got into a fight yeah. with the hero. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. He got into a fight with the dude that the movie was named after. I don't know if that's yeah. necessarily equated it into him being a villain. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? And, and so that was the thing that I think some people who critique the movie in that way missed was that mm. if you saw him as a villain, I think that says more about your perception of him rather than, like, was he actually a villain? Like, because was yeah. his cause actually wrong? Maybe his yeah. method. And then, then then as I started to get into the conversation, well, he was using a colonial, he was using, a, he was running, you know, he was running, you know, sets out the master's playbook. Yep, yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yep. so that, in that, in that, you know, I would say, but he had a colonial mindset. So was he a revolutionary radical character? No. What he wanted was just, right? His cause was just, but was he the radical revolutionary that some folks tried to paint him out to be and, and folks that said, well, he was panned as a villain, even though he had this radical agenda. And because he had this radical agenda, then this movie is detrimental to black Americans because it's saying that this black liberation or black American liberation or, or whatever you, however you want to frame it up is a villainous calling. And it's like, nah, not really. Basically, mm-hmm. you know, Wakanda has a right to like engage with the colonials on their own, <laughs> on their own terms, yep. right? Yep. And that, that's what it boils down to. It's like, you know, was Wakanda wrong? In a sense, yeah, they had a they had a separate uh, isolationist mentality. But in the end, like, isn't that what we always have wanted as black folks? Like the opportunity to be like, you no, know, we will engage on our own terms, mm-hmm. and nobody, 
not even one somebody that looks like us is going to come in and, and force us to engage in a way that is not where well, we don't have self-determination. And as black people, yeah. that's all we've really ever wanted is self-determination mm-hmm. is the right to be able to say, I'm going to do this this way. And I don't have to battle your perception, your prejudice. Um, I don't have to navigate that. I don't have to negotiate that. I can just go out and do this in a way that I want to do this on my own terms. And that's what Wakanda was kind of fighting for. And he wasn't necessarily fighting Killmonger. They were fighting for the fact that, yo, if we're going to engage, because there they were, they were folks within the camp that were ready to engage. Mm-hmm. Um, but we need to engage in a thoughtful way. We need to engage on our own terms. Um, and yeah. I think that, that is a noble cause, and I think that is something that's, that's worth it. Um, because, again, he was, he was definitely running, you know, he's definitely running the master, running sets, uh, you know, plays out of the master's playbook. And so it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I get that. So that was my take on that as I broke down that, those critiques. I feel you, but let's think about it. Let's take it a step further and really break down. What was he on? You know what I mean? Like, what was he on? Was he coming with, like, a a very different perspective on how Wakanda would go about engaging and empowering folks? Or was he just like, Mm -hmm. yo, this is what we did in, you know, Contra, so let's let's just run that back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so, yeah. What were your thoughts? Oh, I have many, many thoughts, many thoughts. But uh, I, I'll say this, this. There were two categories of responses that I, that I read. One was getting into the ideas that you were just talking about, which are does uh, Killmonger represent uh, maybe the lower class, you know, and whereas Wakanda represents upper class blacks. And so, you know, there's a thing there. Um, isolationism, there's also, you know, the very – old, you know, Malcolm versus Martin, WB versus Booker T kind of perspective on what's progress mean? Does it mean tear the whole thing down? Does it mean get along, become part of the system, extract what you can? You know, those kind of um, ideas. And so I love that they pretty much played around with that within a superhero movie, which, you know, a superhero movie is pretty simple. Hero is shown hero goes through tribulations hero you know is it, it ends up conquering issues like you know how that's going to go <laughs> i don't i can't especially in a marvel thing there's you knew black panther wasn't really ever going to die you know so spoiler alert if you haven't watched black panther you probably should not be listening to this podcast but uh that that stuff um i enjoyed and if it stokes kind of conversation fine that's great uh the second category uh, which was more the likes of, wow, I wish black people got exci- as excited about uh, Wakanda as they did about voting or something like that. Like, try to make like those. And those, uh, those are just hate. Just people angry at the fact that people find joy in a movie. And so, you know, they, they kind of say, like, well, it ain't all that, and there's really other problems that are more important than a movie. And it's like, oh, of course. I don't, I, no one out here is saying, like, oh, because of this, I don't think we have any issues with uh, police killing uh, folks. or You know, like, no one is saying that. So the second bit, I found those kind of be to be hilarious, and just people just mad at people being happy about something, which is, I think, the textbook definition of being a hater. To be clear, like if yeah. you're just mad because people are excited <laughs> and happy, 
You're a hater. There's just no other way around that. <laughs> right. But uh, but right. the, but the, the other stuff I enjoyed. I think Coogler and it. They, they these guys definitely tied all those strings in, and it wasn't meant, I think, to have any overarching. Oh, aha! This is what it is. It was just, hey, we have a way to build the story in a way that 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 builds on kind of these tensions, and you know why not? You know the 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 idea of T'Challa as the reluctant king. I've always loved. Him from the comic books to the to the Coats, you know, reboots. Him as this very powerful person, but reluctant to take on the mantle. Man, they just nailed that ethos. I mean, and of course the acting was insane. And then Killmonger. I mean, the scene with him and Sterling K. Brown in his apartment. Like it didn't really yeah. hit me until I watched it the second time. How powerful that scene is. And this is the yeah. part that always gets me, and this might be because now I'm a dad and I have a son, and I'm like, oh, my God, like, what the hell's happening? You know, like, now I start getting emotional yeah. in movies where before I was like, ah, oh, that's whatever. Now I'm like, no, wait. Um, yeah. When he's just like, so no tears for me? Right? It was it was like, okay, like, we're yeah. here. You yep. don't seem sad. And right. that's when he kind of saw, like, man, regardless of what I was trying to do in the community and all this stuff, I have obviously – <laughs> failed by not being around for this kid because now he has yeah. just adopted this very, you know, kind of blase um, view about life and death. And that's not yeah. what I wanted. And so there were just a lot of powerful moments in this movie that were all steeped in the black experience that were also just good that I think everyone appreciated. People who, who aren't black can, can watch this thing and say, like, that's a powerful moment. Right, and so yeah. that's the beauty of it, and I think that's why it's going to make you know three billion dollars or something crazy. Um, it ain't, right. It's not because black folks are watching; it. it's because everyone's watching it, and it translates generally. So, you know, you you can you can be mad at Black Panther being popular, or you can be, you know, mad and say like, oh, I wish Killmonger didn't die at the end. Um, but you know, bring it back to your point: there's a difference between an antagonist and a villain. And Killmonger was the antagonist. Right. The antagonist goes against the protagonist. But it doesn't mean that the antagonist is a monster or is a villain. And if anything, right. it's it's a story about how tragedy leads to, you know, lose-lose situations. One moment in yeah. 1992 with two short playing in the back in Oakland led to two guys that probably in any other circumstance would be friends and, you know, brothers led them to, you know, duel to the death. And that's really what the story is about to me right yeah yeah all of that all of that uh, <laughs> all that all that and i still got one more viewer to hate <laughs> yeah hate. right I, I, yeah i'm trying to get in one more myself especially <laughs> just uh yeah there's and there's so many powerful scenes <clears throat> yeah. so yeah. many powerful scenes and so much powerful dialogue um yeah. the thing that i i i always that always resonates with me is that uh you know when his father when uh t'challa and t'chaka are in the ancestral plane and he's talking to him and you know, he, he, you know, he's deference. He's, you know, shows deference to his father by kneeling and he's like, boy, get up. You the king. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just that idea, like stand up, man. It's your turn. Now. Yeah. You got to, yeah. you know, and again, yeah. as a dad, you know, at some point being able to pass something on to your son, it's like, Look, man, you, you're not a child anymore. You got yeah. this, you know, like yeah. you're in charge. This is, this is your show and you mm-hmm. need to recognize that it's your show. And you need to you need to act as as such going forward. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm not this is on you now. 
You know, mm-hmm. and so act like it's doing you and, and take control. And, and just those moments um, that, again, really humanize the story, humanize the characters in a way that oftentimes African-American characters don't get humanized. Um, Often. Just, Never. Just, <laughs> Often. Right. Right. It's just fantastic. Yeah. Just fantastic, man. Um, yeah. But, yeah. And, 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 and the, the sister, you know, if I, if, I, if I raise any type of a black girl, I want to raise a Shuri, man. <laughs> <laughs> just brilliant, right? Just brilliant, yep. witty, charismatic, fearless. just fearless. Yes, yes, just mm-hmm. right there. I mean, that was so. That, there were a couple of things that I, I, you know, just like armchair. Like if I got to give footnotes, you know, uh, like you know, I work with high school kids. So they're like, well, what is the movie about? Because you know, I came to school dressed. Like I was like mm. dressed for the movie, just to show kids like this. You can, yeah, we can, I'm gonna have some fun tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and they're like, Mr. Flowers, what you dressed like that for? I was like, I'm going to see Black Panther, and you'd be surprised how many young folks didn't know what I was going to see. Wow. <laughs> At least in Wisconsin, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, okay. and you know, it's something. If it don't happen, you know, there's a saying that I always throw out. If it don't happen on Snapchat, they ain't gonna know about it. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, you know, but. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, you know, as a, in, in kind of recapping the movie to some of the young folks at the high school, you know, I'm like, well, you know, there's a couple of things that I took from it. One, even black superheroes got it harder than the white superheroes. Like, <laughs> Tony Stark, Tony Stark gets to fight aliens and cyborgs, and he's yeah. done. Yeah. You know what I mean? T'Challa... He got to fight aliens and cyborgs and then fight, you know, white supremacy in his spare time. <laughs> like, what, what what are we really doing here? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When he's not fighting aliens and cyborgs, you know what I mean? He's got to fight the police industrial complex on the side. Are you kidding still me? can't catch a cab in Manhattan. <laughs> this is where you, do. you know what I'm saying? He's got to fight white capitalist patriarchy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All true. You know. All true. And, 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 yeah, and the other thing, you know, I, well, so you know, they ask, well, Mr. Flowers, who's Black Panther, and what, like, what is like, what does he do? Like, what is his power? I was like, you know, when you really boil it down, you know, his his power, his superpower is his community. I mean, he got some sisters mm-hmm. that roll with him. You know, he got mm-hmm. his mom. You know, he got he got some elders that are giving him advice. Really, without them, he ain't really nothing but a dude in suit. You know, but that's he does. Like, he that, he what, drinks. He drinks the flower that gives him the power of the Black Panther. But that comes but from yes. his land. That comes from the land. You know what I'm saying? That's, again, that's 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 something. He's that's a resource that he's taken from his community. You know, so oh, basically, this dude is is simply a byproduct of his environment, right? And mm. because his environment has poured all of this goodness into this dude, he 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 is what he is, right? And how does that relate to then how we bring up our children? Mm. In, in community, mm. what do we pour into them, and then what do we get back, right? And so, like when you look at Black Panther, you're seeing a, a, an example of when you pour love and and guidance and wisdom into a child, what they can grow into, um, in all in, in many of those characters. Um, but to child mm-hmm. specifically, like you can build a superhero metaphorically, <laughs> and that's what wow. we, and, and as, as a as an educator, that's what we should be trying to do, right? Um, so yeah, you know, just, just on, on so many levels, just looking at it, um, in, in those ways and breaking it down to folks as to why it's such an impactful film when you really start to really dig into it. 
and just the, the themes that are, are there. And, again, a lot of what you get from it says more about you than necessarily mm-hmm. the uh, intention of the director, which that's beautiful art, though. You know? Yeah. Well, I, I after that piece about pouring into I I have I have to leave it at that. I had not even really thought of it in that way. And that's uh that's super profound. I'm going to have to just think on that <laughs> and figure out how I can uh, explain that to my 7-year-old when he sees uh somebody's throat getting slit and he's like, "Uh dad, why did you take me to this movie? Son, son, the community is going to pour into you the way <laughs> Forrest Whitaker pours this. You will thrive. You will thrive. <laughs> you, you'll be okay. You will thrive. Well, see, my kids have been to several. They, they, they're, they're superhero movie vets because their dad's a, a Marvel geek like that. So they're superhero yeah. movie vets. And so when T'Challa got thrown into the, the ravine, they were like, nah, he's good. <laughs> they didn't glitch. He did. He did. And, you know, yeah. talking to my nine-year-old, she was like, well, I knew he wasn't. You know, we went home and they, my, their mom asked him about the movie and asked him, like, so who's your favorite character? You know, my nine-year-old was like, well, I never got worried. Tyler mm-hmm. wasn't going to die. The movie's called Black Panther. <laughs> like, it's named after him. He wasn't going to die. It's called Black Panther. Like, so he, I knew he was going to be fine. <laughs> and they like, still enjoyed it. And they still loved it, man. They still yeah. loved it. Um, so, yeah. So maybe he'll, 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 he'll be all right. He'll be all right. <laughs> I hope so. Either, either way, he's going. Yeah. He done said yes. He can, no, 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 uh, no backseat. So we're going. So if the All next right. call, I, right. I tell you, my, my son has been traumatized. Uh, you can help walk me through how to get him back to tr- trusting <laughs> me again. <laughs> I'll see what I can do for you, man. Uh, thinking about uh, the album uh, that accompanied the film, what were your thoughts yeah. on that, given that this is kind of a, a music podcast? Uh, what were your thoughts on Kendrick's work on the album? Um, first off, did you enjoy it? I did. I, I'm a biased, although, like, I, you know, like, Vincent Staples is on this, and I was like, you know, this ain't that bad. You know, he's talking about uh, Black Black Panther. This is great. Um, I thought it was good. I'm, in general, very down on the album music inspired by stuff, because it's, you know, you're for, you're forcing these artists to really come up with stuff on the spot in a condensed time frame about a certain topic. Like, I just... I never, I'm never a fan of it. It just seems contrived. But uh, this al- this movie is unique in that these are like themes that I think Kendrick probably would have been writing about anyway, and some of these other folks. Um, so his stuff is great. I thought Schoolboy was great. Um, anything that Anderson Pack is on, I think I automatically like. I it just anything he touches to me is just gold. So um, the track he has with Absol. I think is it might be my favorite uh, on the album. So in general, I liked it. I played it like at work, just to go put this on the background while I'm grading papers. Like it's got that kind of a vibe. Like you can kind of play on the background. It, are there bangers on? I guess the the um, what is the song? I mean, well, the Black Panther song. I'm not all that crazy about, but it's fine. This songs they're fine. There's nothing here I'd probably listen to if the movie wasn't attached to it, but they're all good. Agreed. Agreed uh, on, on all accounts there. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. I usually don't get into the, those kind of things. Uh, the soundtracky, yeah, I, I just yeah. don't really. I mean, not since not since the golden age of the soundtrack. 
I like yeah. to do a soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, um, like above the rim. <laughs> but yes, right, right. The show, the you know, all those goodies. Um, but uh, this one, I I, I dug, um, and I, I enjoyed it a lot. I enjoyed like the sound and, and how it's still, even though it's it's a lot of different folks putting their hands on it, it's still got a very cohesive vibe to it. Um, mm-hmm. And no doubt, Anderson Pac, we're both here on him. Um, I mean, we're right there on him. I mean, he's he's the same way. Like, if he's on something, like, I'm going to enjoy that song. I don't know yeah. why. Um, I'm going <laughs> to enjoy that song. Um, and yeah, he just he just got a vibe to him that I dig. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he just he just got he just got that Zeke geist uh right now where it's just like, yeah, this dude speaks to me. Um mm-hmm. and so like that's yeah. Um my I'd say my favorite um joint on it, um I like Big Shot, um the 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 one right before the end, uh and I think it's him. Um and I think Travis I can't remember Scott. who else is on it. Yeah, Travis yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so I, I I, like that one. I like the vibe of that one. But it's all – there's nothing that's like, okay, I got to listen to this ten times. Um, but it's all like – I don't turn any of any of the songs. I don't skip any of the songs. Um, yeah. like if I'm listening to it and it's playing and I'll put it on shuffle, I'll play it straight through. However I play it, I'll let it play. Um, yeah. Which again, for something of of this nature, is solid. That's 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 a uh, that's a testament in itself to the quality of the work that was done on the soundtrack. Mm. So as we wrap this up, uh, we got about three minutes left. Um, Twenty eighteen. What will it bring? Um, and what are you looking forward to? as we start to get deeper into this new year, uh, February is closing out today. March is going to begin. So what's on your radar right now? Yeah. So first I'm thinking, has anything come out yet? Nothing. There were no January, February releases, right? Not a full albums, aside from the black Panther album, right? Yeah. Not that, not, not that I am in digging. Okay. All right. Normally, Q1 is normally quiet. Yeah. Okay. It was Nipsey Hussle. Yeah. His his new one. Um, But other than that, there's nothing I've been checking for. I'll probably check that out. Okay. So the ones, um, and I think you alluded to one of these already. Uh, So there is. And these are all like rumored projects. Who knows if they'll come out this year? But I was gonna say yeah. If exactly. nowadays, when I was doing my research, I was like, Ooh, um, like, are these even coming out on this? It's not like it was. <laughs> it's not like it was back in our day where you could go into Sam Goody and have like it out which joints yeah. were coming out when. It's just not that we're not there. So, so um, the big one is. Um, is uh, Black Star, <clears throat> and so this this I, I read at least two separate articles that said Black Star, uh, Talib Kweli, and the artist formerly known as Most Def. I, I won't. I refuse to call him whatever the new name he has. Uh, Agree. They're supposed to be coming. <laughs> they're supposed to be coming out with something in 2018, 
and it's um oh the the piece that got me excited was uh they have, they're doing a one producer type thing and it is um Mad Lib. So Mad Lib is supposed mm. to be the cat bringing them together, right? And so that kind of got me excited just because a those two those two together if if anyone can bring them together and actually recapture the lightning in the bottle from shoot they were, they were, that release that was almost 20 years ago um yep it could be it might it would be have to for be real 20 years ago cuz i think yeah. i'm still in high school so <laughs> so it it could be it have to be someone like mad lib who in my view is kind of like closest living person we have to like jay dilla um yep. you know aside maybe from um yeah, I mean, as, as far as being able to capture that sound, being somewhat quirky, but also with a laser vision on on concepts, because those two artists need a guide. So yeah. that's the one big one. And the other one was um, Black Thought, who made my list, my hip-hop year in review, even though he didn't have an album, for just that 10-minute, I don't even know what you'd call it, just a rap attack. I'm going to go right. old school that he did on uh, <laughs> on Flex. Uh, but apparently he's got a project with Ninth Wonder. And that's in the making. Yes. So yeah. Yeah. if those two drop in 2018, it, for me, uh, it'll be a good year. The the other stuff will come out like, oh, Migos dropped. That's the other thing that dropped in 2018. Yes. So like Migos yeah. dropped. Like that stuff's going to drop. Drake's, Drake's going to drop. Some other people going to drop. Like it'll be fine. It'll be but like if those two come out in 18. Um, the, I'm going to be on like, all right, I got to sit down and put my headphones on and just listen to this at very high volume straight through while I read the liner notes. Right. 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 <laughs> yes. The ritual, right. The ritual. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Youngest. So what about you? Understand that ritual. <laughs> um, so prime, uh, Royce and premier is, is mm. one that's definitely on my radar of, of one that, um, I am, and that one I think has a pretty solid date of the sixth, March sixteenth. Um, where that one will be dropping, so I will be checking for that one in the immediate future. Um, uh, and you know, the first one I really enjoyed. Um, I love the combo of Royce and Primo, um, and they did some really good stuff on their last one. Um, had some really some real bangers on there that I enjoy. So I'm looking forward to see what they do this time. Um, you know, it's rumored. J. Cole is going to be on it. Rumored M is going to be on it. Rumored Kendrick's going to be on it. We will see. Whoa. Um, Rhapsody's yeah. supposed to be on it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, it's it, the first one was very much kind of focused on Preem and, and Roy's kind of coalescing over yeah. music and kind of coming together. And I think this one now, they're going to have some other folks engaged and involved. Um, we just talked about the cat, Anderson Pac. He's supposed mm. to have something coming out. He's supposed to be working with Dre. Um, Oof. <laughs> yeah. So I am that one. I'm like, come on. I'm fanning myself. Like I can't wait to this one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. You know. Um, so that one I'm 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 kind of uh, really really excited about because I, again I just enjoy Anderson Pox's work. I mean, from the no worry stuff to any guest spots he does to his own stuff. Like, it all just resonates. I, I just feel it. I dig it. Um, I enjoy it. Um, I haven't, he hasn't disappointed me yet with anything where I'm like, eh, I'm not really feeling that. Um, so I'm going to keep coming back until he hits me off with with, with a brick. Um, <laughs> but so far, it hasn't happened yet. Uh, 
The other one, which is right now just really rumored, um, but I'm a huge fan, Pusha T is supposedly in, because he only drops every so often. Um, yeah. But I'm a big Pusha T fan. Um, I've been a big Pusha T fan since, you know, the funeral, <laughs> the first mm. Clips joint. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I've been a big fan of the Clips and Pusha T since way back, which that song is probably getting close to 20 years old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, if if he is able to put something out this year, uh, for me that'll that'll make my year because uh, I've always enjoyed uh, his work and, and you know he, he he still sticks to kind of the clips formula of very sparse kind of soundscapes, but just that the biting lyricism that he always brings and the sharpness um, I, I I just enjoy. So um, those are some that I'm looking forward to. Uh, as as 2018 kind of rounds out, and of course you get the the, the heavy hitters, the, the Drakes and folks like that, that'll throw things out there that will tide you over until these kind of personal favorites kind of hit the, hit the ground. Palate cleansers, it's all good. <clears throat> yep, it's all yep. good. <laughs> yep. So, well, that'll do it, man. Uh, it was good hollering with you, man, and, and rapping with you. Um, let me know how it goes with your site. <laughs> Hit me yeah. up on Twitter. Let me know how, how the viewing goes with your side, man. Um, but, yeah, enjoy it. Enjoy it. It's a great movie. Will do. I, I, again, I, there are very few movies where I want to see them three times, and there's so many layers to it that I feel like I need to see it three times. Um, but, yeah, so enjoy yourself, man. This will do it for this edition of Hustle and Flows. Um, any parting shots you want to give, say cool. No, that's it. Let's uh, make sure we get back on this thing. Um, well, you said we got an album coming out in April. Yeah. What's when's the, when's Prime? No, you said March. Uh, Prime that's March two 16, weeks. March sixteen. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's yeah. let's let's have a Prime Prime pod. Let's do that. Um, let's, let's do that. Let's let's get on it. Let's get regular. For, the basketball season's over for you. My my yeah. basketball watching season is over, so I'm in. <laughs> Let's do this thing. <laughs> All right. Let's make it happen. All right, bro. I'll talk to you. All right, man. Peace.